0: Warning, this episode of the podcast features body image issues and discussions on rape. Welcome to Lost in Translations. This episode is about an All the Birds Sing by Jocelyn Saucier, translated from the French by Rhonda Mullins. Welcome back to Lost in Translations, I'm here with Mary, and today we're talking about The Birds Rained Down by Jocelyn Saucier, and this is a French-Canadian book translated by Rhonda Mallons. This book was in the Canada Reads in 2015, do you know what that is?
1: No. No? Is it books that Canadians read?
0: Yeah, kind of like a... Well, in Australia, we have the First Tuesday Book Club, which was then renamed Book Club. Yeah, and now
1: doesn't exist.
0: Yes, where they talked about books. Mm -hmm. It was similar to that in Canada, but they had a group of different books and different celebrities kind of judged them. Mm -hmm. And they talked about it, I think it was a TV show, where they would put the five or six books Against each other and try and pick out which was the best book of the year. Yep. And not often French-Canadian books are in the mix, but mm. this one was. Yeah, And I think it, I think there was a theme for that Canada Reads. Okay. The theme was uh, challenging stereotypes and fostering harmony across the nation. Mm. And Martha Wainwright brought this book to the... Competition.
1: Okay. Interesting. What else was in it?
0: Four other books. Mm. (laughs) Uh, One was a YA book called When Everything Feels Like the Movies by Razelle Reed. Another was a non-fiction book called The Inconvenient Indian by Thomas King. I believe that won. Okay. The Competition. There was a memoir called Intolerable. Hmm. A Memoir of Extremes by Kamal L. Soylee. And then there was a novel called Rue by Kim Thore. So it's a...
1: I don't know any of those books. Um,
0: okay. I think The Inconvenient Indian was the winner. Hmm. Although I don't like the title.
1: Well, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know what it's about. I don't want to make assumptions.
0: Yeah. Uh, judging by the title, I assumed it was about native Canadian First Nation people. Mm.
1: You didn't assume it was about a person from India being inconvenient.
0: No, I didn't.
1: Mm. Because that's what I thought. Okay, I don't, I don't know what it's about. And yeah, anyway, we're not talking about that book, so <laughs> we'll get, we won't get into it.
0: Yeah, but I thought it was interesting that it was challenging stereotypes and. Mm. fostering harmony across the nation because mm. it is a book about, instead of going through the plot, I feel like it's a book about people that were hiding away mm. from society and trying to live their life mm. um, not according to the standards of mm. what they expected.
1: I thought it was a book about death. Death, okay. And preparing for death and how, how do we approach it? Interesting. Yeah.
0: All right. What is the book? The plot about then?
1: Well, I feel like there wasn't much of a plot. Okay. I was reflecting on this where there's like a bunch of people live in a forest. Yeah. And they're old people. Well, most of them. And then there's like this random photographer who shows up to take photos. Yeah, it's
0: never named.
1: No. They give her a fake name. Everybody gets a fake name nearly. Yeah. And then somebody brings their auntie along, and yeah. then they, like, hang out in the
0: forest. Yeah. But it kind of starts off focusing on Tom and Charlie Yeah, living in the forest. Yeah.
1: And they've got a pact. There were originally three men who yeah. had a pact about how, how they would die. Was it cyanide? Yeah. and But one of them died of natural causes with a smile on his face. Yes. But then the photographer shows up because she is after the dead man. After?
0: After. She, yeah, because...
1: what's his story. <laughs> he survived a fire, was the it? Great Nin- Fire, yeah. 1916. Yeah. It has a name. Matheson fires, I think it was. Yeah,
0: they call it the Great Fire.
1: Yeah. Which, you know, so <laughs> the story refers back to that character, even though he's never alive while the story's being told. Yes. And this, this photographer's fascinated with the the fires... And so she had heard that this person had survived, and she wanted to find him. But she was a week late. Mm-hmm. And but they discover a bunch of art that he painted based on the fires.
0: Man's name's Ted Boycheck. Or Ed, or Edward, or Theodore. <laughs> yeah, true. But they know the people around the in the forest know him as Boycheck. Yeah,
1: Boycheck or Boychuk?
0: Boychuk. Yeah. True. I should have looked that up.
1: <laughs> yes. And then so there's like that subplot about the fire, but then there's also the subplot about the auntie who shows up.
0: Yeah. Who was it? Uh...
1: Because the the there's also a drug plantation.
0: Got to make money somehow. Yeah.
1: For them, that's how they live. And the guy that's running the drug plantation brings his auntie who has been in a mental institution for over 60 years, since she was yeah. 16 years old. Nobody knew she, well, people knew she existed. The, she wrote a letter to her brother saying, I want to leave. Yeah. And after he died, his wife found the letter and developed a relationship, like a friendship with her. And then the nephew takes her away. And yeah. then they're like, we're going to change your identity and live in a forest. Yeah, exactly. So, so, these bunch of men living in the forest now have an old lady as well and a photographer that
0: keeps hassling them. It's interesting about her being in a mental institution. I got the impression she was put there because she got pregnant.
1: I got the impression... Well, she mentioned that she thought she was an angel. Yeah. And that's why they put her in and she got pregnant while she was in there. Uh. I thought because she, she was, was
0: pregnant before she went in.
1: No, she was being sexually assaulted by the staff. Oh, okay.
0: That's what yeah. I understood. Alright, I thought she was being abused before she got mm, put in. I'm not sure. <laughs> she was getting abused by someone. Yeah,
1: somebody abused her and she was pregnant and then and then they stopped her from getting pregnant again.
0: Yeah.
1: And she d- obviously didn't get to keep the baby. No. You don't when they keep you in a mental institution.
0: You thought it was a photographer.
1: I did. <laughs> I was always waiting for some sort of reveal about who the photographer was and how she was connected, and they never did. They never revealed it. <laughs> they didn't reveal anything, really.
0: <laughs> yes. I think that's part of the beauty of it. It's just they have a glimpse of time and not actually trying to fill in everyone's backstory. Yes. Because I feel like they don't tell much about anyone. They just... Give little snippets of their lives. That's right.
1: Yeah, and you like there's, they mention that you know everybody's running from something except for Ed who is running from himself. Yeah, and he was the only one who didn't change his name.
0: Yeah, Hmm. Ed or Ted or whatever you want to call him, Theodore or Edward. (laughs) Yeah, yeah.
1: But then there was like that little side plot where there was that Ed was in love with two sisters yeah back after the fire and he was like communicating with both of them and the girl at the post office was reading all the letters and she's still alive and <laughs> and then like he doesn't marry either sister and then one sister like marries somebody else so her sister can marry him but he's like no I still love both of you yeah all very complicated but then one of the sisters is still alive so then the photographer puts on an art exhibition and then she <laughs> names it after a quote so that sister will find her yeah. But then at the end of the story it's like Ooh. she wrote a letter but we never find out if the photographer got the letter. Yeah. Like it literally says we don't know. <laughs> yeah. I'm like you're writing the story. You could have you could have told us. You could have known. I think it's <laughs> better if we don't know. Mm. I am think I, am I giving away too much plot?
0: I don't know.
1: I feel like the plot isn't the interesting bits. I don't
0: know. No, well, I I find that the plot was interesting because It's reflective of life where people don't know everything about Mm. everyone; they just know little bits and pieces Mm. about their lives.
1: It reminded me of like internet friendships. You know, like you'll get to know somebody by a username in some online community, and then they disappear, and you're like, "I don't don't know. know I don't know who they are. I don't know their name."
0: No, this is who we know. How we know them? I will
1: never know what happened to them. Oh, like one day they log off and they don't come back. and that's pretty much how the story
0: ends (laughs) (laughs) it's true is they
1: all get separated and they don't know each other's names
0: (laughs) yeah everyone assumes different things happened Mm. I I think the the reason to read this is definitely about the characters and learning Mm. their lives and their personalities Mm. I think Charlie was a very different person to how he was portrayed at the start of the book Mm. but I think he changed he fell in love yeah, yeah, that's true.
1: And that, and you know, he always it. The story expresses hey, he had a soft side for his dog. Yeah, and he was like hard with everybody else. But then when he talked to his dog, he it was, was an, he was nice. Yeah,
0: and then it sounds like double life.
1: Yeah, <laughs> and then but then nice old lady comes along and Gertrude, or whatever she changes her name to. Marie I can't Marie? pronounce it. Marie something. Yeah. I can't pronounce it. I looked it up and I still don't know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> French.
0: <laughs> and is... you listened to the audiobook. <laughs> yeah. So you didn't learn how to pronounce it.
1: Uh, well, they said it a lot and <laughs> I cannot replicate that sound. Yeah. French is a hard language for me.
0: French is a hard language to learn.
1: Yeah, I've not tried to learn, <laughs> but remember we went to France and then a French person was talking to me and I thought that I was talking French and you're like, this person is talking English. Yeah. And I was
0: like, oh. <laughs> it's true.
1: Yeah. So, yeah, I'm not great.
0: I mean, I love French books. You do? Yes. I've got some existential books you can read. <laughs> okay. I don't know if that's the type of book you like.
1: Yes, you do. You do not what type of books I like.
0: Yeah, it's true. There was a lot of existential mm. elements in this book. Yeah. There was a lot of angst. Yeah. I feel like it was an interesting book because it was a love story between two old people.
1: Mm. And I loved it. <laughs> and because we don't, we don't explore old people romance. Yeah. Or old people sex. They're like... Forbidden topics, mm. and I mean they didn't have. Well, we don't need to discuss penetration. <laughs> um,
0: <laughs> they they were getting it on, but yeah. there was
1: like a lot of humping. Yeah, good for them. Like, <laughs> yeah, and they were like, you know, in the in the lake swimming around, <laughs> doing their thing. I really enjoyed the romance because <laughs> originally I thought the photographer was going to hook up with the the drug guy. Yeah. What was his Bruno. Name? Bruno. yeah. I was like, oh yeah,
0: this is the romance. Yeah, this is the romance,
1: <laughs> and and then it wasn't, and I was like, oh, old people, great. <laughs> yeah, and I don't think I don't think there's many stories about old people
0: falling okay, in love. Yeah. yeah, or falling in love. Yeah,
1: <laughs> both, and yes, and then I'm, I was like reflecting, it was like kind of like a coming of age, but like a coming of old age, yeah. mm, coming. <laughs> Hmm. Dear. Um. <laughs> 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 that
0: There was coming. Good for them. <laughs> Settling into life and accepting death. Yeah. But still accepting romance.
1: Yeah, that's right. They're like planning for death, but still open to the opportunities that life presents them. Um, it's a short book. It is a short book. Yeah. It's like 155 pages or something. I should look that up. Oh, I don't know. I read that in a review. I guess it depends what edition you're reading.
0: 160 pages,
1: yeah. Yeah. So it's a quick read. We did it in a day. Yeah.
0: While driving.
1: Yeah. In an audiobook. (laughs) Not while reading and driving at the same time. And I think that, you know, it has a lot in so few pages. Yeah. And it kind of reminded me of, I can't remember the author's name, Hubert, like A Meal for Winter.
0: A Meal for Winter, yeah, okay.
1: You know, it was like a short book that has a lot of power. A completely different storyline. Yeah. But I just thought it had a a similar vibe where it's like, it's physically easy to consume, but then some of the topic is really
0: powerful. Yeah, there's a lot in those 160 pages Mm. to unpack.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And then at the end, because the ending is vague, like, there's no answers at the end of the story. Yeah. And you love that. I do. I didn't at the time, but reflecting on it, I'm okay with it.
0: You can make up your own ending.
1: you know, a few days later, I'm like, okay, yeah, that was a choice. I guess it worked.
0: It's a good choice. Mm -hmm. There's still life to happen. Yeah. And we don't need to wrap it up.
1: Yeah, but I would like to know...
0: You like to know their history, their past, everything they've done.
1: Yeah. I wonder, like, you know, she had, like, the art exhibition, like, what was a photography exhibition with art from that dead man? Yeah. If they really wanted to find her, they would have found her. Like, they don't know her name, but how many people are putting on exhibitions about the fire? That's true. But then I guess if you're not in those circles, then, like, you don't know. No. But, yeah, I think they could have found her. If she's putting on exhibitions uh, because she had a niche topic that she was into, <laughs> and I don't know why. She's like, I'm obsessed with this fire and I'm just gonna research that and take, like, I don't even know what she was taking photos of people that survived the fire. Yeah. And it's like Collecting their 80 stories. years later. Yeah. Or 70 years later. I can't remember. Is it set in the 90s? I believe I it was
0: set in the 90s. Mm. It took me ages to work out when it was set. Yeah. Because I think the other way we've worked it out is. Try to work out people's age. Yeah, that's right.
1: And then I thought that the presence of the fire story was interesting because we had fires in Australia this year and you know, other places. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but this year were big fires yeah, that, that have bad. wiped out animals and they could now be extinct. And yeah, at the time it felt like a big deal. And there were you know other big fires around the world, and you know those experiences can become their own character in your life. Where yeah. they've impacted you, yeah, and they're with you forever.
0: Yeah, and these people are were children at the time, but mm. they still play a big role in their. Yeah, that's right. Personality yeah. in their life,
1: and because I had my house burned down as a teenager, and which impacts me. But you know, it's different to a bushfire. Yeah, because. You know, when you're the only person in the neighborhood whose house is burnt down, you know the neighborhood will care for you. But then, when the whole neighborhood burns down,
0: that's everyone scattered. Yeah, yeah,
1: that it like. Oh. And then I was like reading about that fire, and it was like there were like multiple fire, like multiple people were back burning as they usually do, and then it all merged into one giant fire, as like sixty four kilometers wide, and yeah. And then after that, they brought in these fire prevention national schemes because of that fire. So I feel like you know, the fire itself has, you know, shaped people. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, but when I looked it up on Wikipedia, it was only like they had two connected stories, like this one and one other book. I was surprised that it doesn't feature in more
0: more stories, but maybe they're just not listed. That's true. I would feel like there'd be some nonfiction out there about it. Mm, yeah. Oh, the photographers out there <laughs> creating that for you.
1: <laughs> Doing that art exhibition for me.
0: Yeah, and then there was like,
1: um, because they found the paintings from the dead guy yeah, which are connected to the fire and then the woman who's escaped the mental institution can somehow read the paintings about what they're about, which I thought was interesting. Yeah. Yeah, and she said, you know, like when you're institutionalized for so long, you learn to pick up on cues and somehow she could pick them up. In the art, yeah, yeah. Hmm. which I thought was interesting. Hmm. Yeah, I wouldn't mind checking out that fictional art exhibition.
0: (laughs) There is a film based on the book. Yeah, but the art looks nothing like what the book described the art because the art felt very abstract. Yeah, I
1: when I imagined it, it felt abstract.
0: Yeah, but But maybe
1: it it wasn't. Maybe it was just described in a certain way. Yeah,
0: but in the movie, it. Looks very um, realistic.
1: Mm. So
0: she doesn't need her secret powers of. Yeah, I haven't seen the film. No, but maybe and... we should one day. Yeah, they changed French. all the names of the people, which seems weird. And... Well, that fits the theme. Anyway. <laughs> they like
1: they all changed their name. <laughs> yeah. They just changed it another time.
0: Yeah, I just worry that they've just taken that idea of a book and just ruined it.
1: Yeah. There were aspects... I mean, they weren't in the trailer. Hmm. I was like, oh, it's weird they didn't show these particular aspects. Yeah. Because it doesn't... I don't know if it mentions a fire.
0: No, I don't think it mentions a photographer, either. It was just the three of them Sydney having New the Forest. romance. Three of them? Well, the three people, there was the romance between yeah, Maria and Charlie, but with different names. Yeah. And the other guy. What was his then? Tom. Mm. Next to them, and it's uh, just exploring that, like living mm. in the forest, mm. just ha- living their lives. Yeah.
1: And a lot of people think that's the ideal life is just to be in the forest and not have any problems. Yeah. I don't would know if living in the forest means you don't have problems. Would it's you like, like
0: to live in the forest?
1: Well, I still want electricity, I want Wi Fi, <laughs> I like want easy access to food. Yeah, true. Like, I don't want to have to travel to another town to get food. So I don't think that's my idea of a good time. Like, maybe a brief holiday?
0: A brief holiday. That's not living the end of your life.
1: No. I I don't know what I'll want at the end of my life.
0: But it's not a forest.
1: It could be a forest with Wi-Fi in it.
0: A forest with internet and delivery. Yeah.
1: (laughs) That's right. I can understand that. (laughs) But, you know, maybe there's something better than Wi-Fi in the future. Maybe. Or maybe it's all gone completely. Who knows? Can you think of any other books that are similar? I can't.
0: Or any other medium? Trying to think of similarities is difficult. I just can't think of anything that has that sort of same end-of-life type Mm. exploration into people Mm. ready to die, but still.
1: Yeah. The only other thing I can think of which is a completely different vibe, is Grace and Frankie.
0: Grace and Frankie, okay. Hmm. Yeah, you know, it's about, like, older people,
1: you know, being open to the opportunities but also preparing for the end of their life.
0: I don't know if Frankie is preparing for the end of her life. She's got too much living to do. Yeah.
1: But she had this – did she have a stroke? She did. So I feel like the –
0: like, it's there. Like, she can't not be thinking about it. yeah. You're not going to compare it to the Golden Girls?
1: huh? The Golden <laughs> Girls aren't that old.
0: No, they're not.
1: They're like... <laughs> like Blanche is c- is claiming to be in her
0: 30s. <laughs> yeah, what about Sophia?
1: <laughs> well, Sophia is, in real life is younger than, than um, Dorothy. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> She's her mother. Yeah, I guess she is old. She has a stroke as well. Mm. But I think they're not old enough. I don't think the Golden Girls are old enough. No. I Those. feel like they're
0: more midlife, but they feel so old. They feel so old, but they're living the life.
1: Yeah, they're living I don't think they're close to death. Yeah. Except
0: Sophia. No, it's just a thought. Yeah. Hmm. Watch your golden girls. Yeah, they're Still good. Fun.
1: <laughs> yeah. I think it's it's aged okay, mostly. Mostly. Hmm. There are some
0: aspects that yeah.
1: didn't. Yeah. But better than a lot of other shows of its oh, yeah. era. And what else are you reading? It's Women in Translation Month, so...
0: I'm reading so much. <laughs> drop
1: us drop us some racks. Drop us some racks, eh? <laughs> Is Did that a thing, thing people say? <laughs> I
0: don't think people on the street say drop us some racks. <laughs> I don't know. Don't people on the street need book recommendations? I don't know. Do they? <laughs> well, I'm currently reading Breast and Eggs mm-hmm. by Miko Kawakami. Okay, I'm glad I was ready to pronounce these words. Pronouncing authors is always hard. It is, and that's translated by Sam but and David Boyd. This was recommended by Haruki Murakami, which kind of
1: Haruki Murakami gives you recommendations. Yeah,
0: he gives me personal. Re- no, he recommend. Like he him. put it on the cover of the book. So oh, okay. <laughs> So I guess that helped sell the book. I'm not really a Mirakami fan, Mm. but I can see similar sort of styles as like contemporary Japanese writing, Mm. except this woman knows how to write women. Oh, that's always nice. (laughs) It's a nice change from Mirakami. Yeah. So you're enjoying it? I am so far. I haven't got far enough yet, but it's an interesting exploration into women and the way they see their bodies.
1: Mmm. Interesting.
0: Like, there's a lot of negative reactions to their own bodies and mm. stuff like that.
1: Yes. Yeah, we are taught that.
0: Yeah, the one of the women wants pink nipples. I don't know why, but it's just what she wishes she had. And
1: yeah, because we want what we don't
0: have. Yeah, I th- I feel like there's a lot of exploration into how society... Tells us mm. how we should see our bodies and what our bodies should look like.
1: Yeah, that's
0: mm. not so much a problem for men, but it is a big problem. Yeah, I mean that like some gets men. pushed on to women. Yeah,
1: I feel like I don't. I don't know how much I should share about my own nipples. <laughs> it's definitely a thing. <laughs> my nipples are a thing. Yes. Yeah.
0: Congratulations.
1: <laughs> but, you know, like being exposed to nipples on in TVs and movies, I'm often like, it does not look like my nipples. Like, are my nipples wrong? Like, <laughs> like what are my nipples doing? Because they're not doing that. <laughs> Which is a weird reaction to have.
0: <laughs> but it's a reaction probably yeah. a lot of people have.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's right. Because you asked me while you were reading this book. You're like, what would you change about your nipples? <laughs>
0: <laughs> it was about your breasts. Oh, okay. <laughs> but I, I just thought it was strange that she, she wanted to have surgery, but it was to change her nipples, not the size.
1: Not the size of her breasts.
0: I guess she wanted bigger breasts, mm. but she was more focused on her nipples. Mm.
1: Yeah, I wouldn't have surgery to change my nipples.
0: Okay. Mm.
1: I think, like, the first time I saw nipples in a movie that looked like my nipples was in that movie we watched ted and alice and carol and bob Bob. i don't remember their names four names That
0: was four names yeah i know the movie yeah that was the 70s yeah
1: i was like oh there's some nipples that look like mine and they weren't a main character it was somebody just in the background (laughs) (laughs) anyway why are we talking about my nipples
0: you brought it up I think you I was brought it talking up. talking about Brass and Eggs, the book.
1: Yes. You talked about nipples. Yes. We can edit this out. No, we're not. Okay. <laughs> um, anything else?
0: I'm reading Tender is the Flesh by Augustine Mazdaraka, translated by Sarah Moses. Mm. And that's a very different type of book, more about... It's a dystopian horror type thing where all the animals... Get this disease, and they have to move on to special meat, which is human meat. Okay, yes. Because people can't go vegan, they yeah. need
1: human meat. We need to eat eat other
0: people. Yeah. Mm. Interesting. I'm not sure where that's going to take me, or how that's going to go, but mm. it's interesting. It's very bizarre and shocking, and mm. a lot of fun to read, if you like to read Bizarre and shocking. Hmm. and then have a pile of other books to read for women in translation <laughs> Yeah, awesome. It just comes down to what I feel like reading, I guess.
1: Yeah. Do
0: you want to know about what I'm reading? Yes, I do. It's not a woman. <gasps> we can't put it on the podcast then. Can't we? No, we can't. I don't
1: know what it's called. Kulin Maya, Keep Listening, Everybody, by Moo Moo Mike Williams. And it is bi- a bilingual book, so it's written in both... Pitjajarra and English.
0: Yeah. Mm. There seems to be a few books coming out recently mm. in both English and the Aboriginal language. Yeah,
1: that's right. Which so, is awesome. Yeah, you know, since we started the podcast, I've been looking for books in translation from Indigenous languages. Yes. In Australia. And for a while I couldn't find any. And then suddenly I've got like, I've got a list. Yeah. Yeah, so maybe one day you can read this as well, and we can do it. We can do maybe it not up. this one. We can do with the other one because there's a book of poetry out. Yeah, that's translated, and then yeah, there it's, is some women. Yeah, yeah, we definitely need more women. But I didn't get didn't know about it in time for this month. <laughs> so maybe next month. Um, hopefully I'll read it before that. But my pandemic reading has been not great.
0: Well, you read "Sad Storm," which Sand Talk." Sad talk is
1: it by Tyson Younger Porter. Yeah. Which is amazing, and it blows my mind every time I read it. But some days I'm like,
0: oh, my poor little mind can't be blown. It just needs a rest. <laughs> Maybe you just need some light reading.
1: Yeah. But I'm nearly at the end. 40 more pages. 40 more pages. I okay. can potentially finish it tonight. You could.
0: Mm. I don't know. What What do you go to for light reading?
1: Mm, I don't know. Outlander. Well, the, I don't have an Outlander book out yet. <laughs> I don't know, like
0: Dorothy said I guess.
1: Yeah, but the last Dorothy Coombson book I read wasn't light. Yeah. it was just like so much rape. <laughs> like last year was nearly every book I picked up was about rape, accident. Like I'd just be like, I'm going to read this light-hearted romance, historical romance novel. That's you know about how the impact of rape impacts generations of women. <laughs> I'm like oh, but, I mean, good books, but um not light no none of them like i thought oh this will be a light book this will be safe no No. oh a biography of a saint no (laughs) yeah so i think over three quarters of the books i read last year were indirectly related to being raped
0: okay so i think that's everything i have to say excellent and you would recommend this book
1: yeah i will now (laughs) but not on the day i finished it i didn't no I was just angry at the
0: end. Just I was like, angry. this is not man me, Give me some content. <laughs> I need to know what happens to the rest of their lives.
1: I don't need to, like, no book you'd know what happens to the rest of their lives unless they die at the end of the book. But then you'd be even angrier. No, I would, I would have been fine if they died at the end of the book because the whole book was preparing for them to die. Yeah, true. Like, right at the beginning, they're like, these guys are going to die. <laughs> and then they don't all die. Spoiler. Spoiler. Maybe none of them die. Maybe all of them die. I don't know. I'm not
0: telling you. I guess everyone (laughs) dies. Everybody dies eventually. Just not written about. Yeah. So read more women in translations and hopefully talk about them on the podcast.
1: Yeah, that's right. One day. Next time you need someone.
0: Next month. Next month. (laughs) Tell me which book it is. All right. Thank you for being on the podcast.
1: You're welcome. Thanks for inviting me.
0: Happy to have you here. (laughs) Thanks. (laughs) If you want to support lost in translations, please go to patreon.com forward slash translations pod and all money there will help support the show. And please remember to subscribe and while subscribing please rate the show. This will help others find the podcast. All our links to social media are in the show notes and you can find us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook and Litzy Under Translations Pod. Thank you for listening and
1: This podcast was recorded on the lands of the Walgarookabar and Bindul people. We acknowledge their ownership of this land and all the traditional owners in Australia and acknowledge their care of the land. This is a Macaulayflower production.